Set yourself a New Year goal, they said. It'll be fun. <sighs> Perhaps swimming in the Irish Sea wasn't such a good idea. Set a more achievable goal, like taking control of your finances with personalised money insights in the Bank of Ireland app. It'll help keep track of your spending, like changes to bills, or you might have too many subscriptions. See your tailored money insights, because your financial well-being is our priority. Bank of Ireland. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Terms and conditions apply. Great. There goes my towel. The Left Wing, brought to you by Bank of Ireland, a proud sponsor of Irish Rugby. Never stop competing. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Land Rover. Whether you're headed to a match or a weekend away, there's plenty of space for your team and their gear in the new Discovery Sport. Okay, what? O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast in association with Land Rover. I'm Will Slattery. Delighted to be joined in studio, as always, by Luke Fitzgerald. Luke, hello. Will, how are things? I'm good. It's a new Six Nations, a new studio, a new sponsor. All things new, except maybe an Irish wasn't that new. How much new from Ireland was Nothing there? Nothing new, no. Yeah, I didn't really see. Bar the little bit of... I thought that was quite an intricate play that, you know, um, Keane Healy play looked like a setup. Um, for Johnny Sexton's first try, mm. uh, leaving aside, probably, oh, well, I just showed you the clip yeah. there. That referee's positioning—it's kind of like a there's a Pruder film, you know, of JFK's assassination. I yeah, actually we got another look, angle. I hadn't looked. I hadn't looked at the try from <laughs> this angle. Another angle at the grassy knoll. Yeah, there's basically uh, referee Matthew right now. I didn't. I don't know how I didn't see this at the time. Just runs basically across. I've been going mental about it for a few days. Go, Run, I, I just can't believe he basically no comes from it. the Scottish defensive line and kind of runs out in front. Of but if you look at it, he's, he's, it's he like ducks out of the way of the ball. But he's perfectly positioned to block the Scottish defender's view of Conor Murray passing the ball to Johnny Sexton. Weird. Mm. Shocking. But look, anyway, uh, leaving aside, that was the only bit of kind of play I was like, oh, that looks like it's a little bit different. Maybe they ran a little bit more, but I don't know. I mean, look, maybe you don't have to reinvent the game, but uh, I just felt like, uh, did you not think, uh, I don't know, yeah. what was your sense of it? My sense well, of it that was that was a huge bit of change. And then when I'm kind of, you're thinking it a few days later, you're thinking like, can you expect a whole amount of change in the first game when they've only been together for a week? I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because like you, I was a bit disappointed that we didn't see a few more kind of instances or, or new things or, or, new, or new kind of, yeah, wrinkles to... Well, I think that's probably what you'd expect, yeah. isn't it, Will? If you were, if you were th- thinking about the performance and you think about a tight game against Scotland, we're definitely a better team than Scotland. I don't know if there's any doubt about that. We are. We have better players. They're playing better more regularly. We have more players playing professionally at clubs that are performing better. We have, I think, a better setup. We have better access to the players. We should beat Scotland now. I think we should beat Scotland fairly regularly. Now, it's a, more, it's a trickier challenge over in Murrayfield, but... To my mind, I was thinking we might have a, a performance like this if there was kind of wholesale changes, if there was like lots of new numbers in. There was a few in, you know, your Doris and that, obviously very unlucky to go off. Um, but generally a fairly similar feel to the team, I thought. 
and a very similar feel to the game plan, which was even more disappointing, I think. I just didn't see, I saw like lots of, you know, whenever it was stagnant, you know, kicking from nine, something that every team that plays against Ireland will be probably expecting, having, you know, over the last five years, that's just been a mainstay for the team. Um, I thought the delivery was was quite laboured and slow from the rook. Um, I didn't think that was clean. It didn't allow Ireland to get quick ball. I thought, you know, Connor probably still needs to, like he'd, I think he'd been brilliant for months over the last couple of weeks where he'd been getting the ball away quickly. He just looks like he's overthinking it a little bit for me at the base. I never having played the position and recognising how difficult it is, um, you know, and he's such a great player. But I, to me, just to my eye, it looks like he's thinking about it too, too long. Um, and it's causing him to slow it up and slow the delivery. And I just think it doesn't help. I thought John Cooney actually added quite a lot when he came on. He had a few little kicks in that worked really well. Um, one that probably shouldn't have, but did. And he had a few, but he just sped up the ball. He wasn't thinking about it too long at the breakdown. Yeah, he was just passing it out, you, you know? You look at like DuPont and how quickly he was servicing his team the following day. It's, yeah. you kind of, it, you'd love to see. But just get it away. Yeah. Just get it out. Stop, you know, like you, you can try and be too cute around there. You can try and play for penalties. You can try all these different things. But essentially, you're you're there to I I think facilitate the rest of the team. It's up to them to be in position, but you should just be passing it, um, getting it out of there for large proportions of the game. And I just feel like, you know, to play to his like that's his, his the strength of his game is yes that he's a thinking man's nine, but you can overthink it as well, and that's what it looks like to me. And I think he's pretty lucky to get back in there. I, I would think. Yeah. So the team was obviously named today for the weekend, and we'll circle back to maybe a couple of things from from last Saturday as well, but. You know, Robbie Henshaw, Peter Manny, the two changes, injury and force. It does have a fairly similar feel once again. Like, it's pretty much the same team, bar a retirement from Rory Best and, and you know, Rob Carney being phased out that, we, that we've seen, you know, for the most part. Yeah, no, it does have a very similar feel, Will. Um, you know, Robbie Henshaw back in, I probably would have started him ahead of Bundy Key anyway. Um... I think, you know, obviously the last encounter, like the last time he was in an Irish jersey would have been disappointing, but he was coming back from a very long injury um, injury break, and I think he's a better player than Bundy. Um, but it's not much, is there much creativity between the two of them? I just feel like... What option does he have, though, with Will Allison? Obviously, I, I actually didn't... You know, he only just told me now, but he's... Um, you know, he's carrying an injury, but what other option would you have at 13? I'm not really too sure. Uh, like, Stuart McCluskey maybe is provides a bit more of an offloading element to it but he's like in international 12. rugby yeah. you know what sorry do you know what I mean as in like if you were swapping so if you're trying to bring a bit of creativity into the partnership itself McCluskey but yeah I know he wouldn't have gotten in like he's he's just not going to get in yeah, I don't think it doesn't look like in, it yeah. yeah it's weird but um, like I don't know what other options they have in, in that respect I mean Scannell but he looks like he's quite a bit away from the team at this stage uh, in terms of a ball playing presence there um, the challenge now for me is where do you get the playmaking outside the 9 and 10 like that's that's a real challenge for them. Um, they have Keith Earls on the bench, but um, you know he's a winger. He's not a centre. Like that 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 much has been is very clear. I think to anyone who's watched you know him over the over the uh, the course of his career, I think that's you know it's just a stretch from. He's, I just don't think he's big enough to play in the centre. Uh, I think he's an unbelievable winger, um, and I think that is his best position. So it leaves them a bit hamstrung if someone goes down out of that pairing, and also. You know, I do think it, it. What they do need is someone at fullback who can who can play make and who can, you know, provide another passing threat. I think Jordan Larmer can do that, but I just think his first option is always going to be to run himself. What I think that does to the game plan is it means the only way you get very expansive is probably through you know crossfield kicks and things like that. So, um, I think it really narrows up your 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 attacking options when you don't have a third playmaker, and it doesn't look like they do have a natural third playmaker. So. 
they need to be very, very physical if they want to be successful, if they want to, I think, impose themselves on this Welsh team and, and have success because it's the only well, way they're going to yeah, do it. Yeah, because that sentence is making me depressed. Yeah, but that's that's what's going to happen. That's what has to happen if they want to be successful because I just don't think they're going to be able to play around them with the, with the, the personnel that they have. It's just not in the game plan, you know, Um and that's unfortunate. Now, like, I'm not sure Gary Ringrose provides that either. I mean, he's still a run-first guy as well. So um, that's the challenge for the Irish team is where where do you get that other ball player? Um, most other teams have it somewhere in the centres or they have a fullback who can drop in or out. Like, Stuart Hogg does a really good job of it for, um, for Scotland, I think. Uh, he provides that link to the wingers. Like, otherwise, they just think you're... Like, if you think about Ireland, unless they're going down short sides, it's quite rare you see them really breaking a team down um, on an open side with like boom hands you know just fixing the first two or three guys and then getting the ball to the winger who's in space it's quite rare I think you see that yeah. uh, or even someone if a hard defence is coming hard up someone having the ability to be calm and throw a ball over the top with like you know a, a nice flat one over the top not a big loopy one that, that allows the defence to get back out uh, that's my sense of it watching Ireland I don't think that's changed that's going to be a challenge for Mike Cat because yeah. that's been the challenge for this Irish team is you know people moan about the creativity it probably isn't there in the personnel, to be honest with you. You know, so they need to develop that from somewhere. They need to find a way to get out there. Otherwise, the pitch is really narrow, and it ends up being a complete arm wrestle every single game. And if you don't win that, which you might not win that against some teams who are like this, which are huge, like the Welsh teams, they're big men. Mm. They're hard to push. You know, they're they're hard to get. You know, easy game lines against. So. Um, yeah, that's a real challenge for the team and I haven't seen any real involvement or haven't yet and it's only one game so we don't want to panic but yeah I mean that that's kind of concerning at the moment Will and in terms of the back row Peter Armani brought in to start would you like to see Max Deegan get, get a run there or how like how would you have got him so I would have picked him ahead of probably C, uh, CJ Stander to be honest even um, after his performance the weekend did you think it was well yeah. Mal, like I thought he played pretty well yeah he made some key turnovers made a, yeah. a couple of good carries yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I probably would have picked one of the other guys ahead of him, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just see that one differently, you know. Um, you know, I thought he had a decent game. I thought he had one big carry that probably pumped up all the stats, I thought. But he was put through a hole. I didn't think he went through the hole. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like having Pete there for the line-out option that he, that he presents. I think Reese Rudder could be looking on thinking, what do I have to do? Uh, the last time I played in Irish jersey, I was one of the best players on the pitch and was throughout the competition, playing well for Leinster, although albeit with a few injury concerns. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's an odd looking team to me. Like it just looks sorry. It's not an odd looking team. It's a very familiar team, but it's odd given you know where the quality has been played. You know who's been playing the the, the best in the provinces. That, that yeah. looks odd to me. It looks to me like. They're still not picking on 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 performances or on recent form. You know, John Cooney will attest to that as well. That's you know, I'm sure he'll be really disappointed. Given I thought his cameo was excellent, so yeah, it's it's a it's a challenging one. Will yeah, I just think you mentioned it last week. I know you were kind of joking when you said it, like that. You know, Conor Murray and the salaries on his status that like it is hard to drop some of these big big names. There's probably like six or seven guys who were like huge stars, and we do we seem to be. Maybe, I don't know if we're more beholden to them than in other countries, but certainly it seems for the biggest names in Ireland to, to be removed from the team, they have to have a huge drop in form. I wasn't really joking about yeah. that. I was being dead serious. Well, seriously. Yeah. Like, I, you know, like they're your prize kind of assets, you know. They have to play very bad for a long time. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that. I mean, the only good thing about a new coaching staff is that they're probably not beholden to, to those contracts and that, you know, you're going to have your coach going to be driving the contracts going to say, I need Johnny Sexton in the country. I need to you do whatever you need to do to get Johnny Sexton to stay money-wise. 
because you know you'd have to assume that the player development, whoever's organising this and the and whoever's organising the uh, the kind of program into the you know managing the future program in terms of contracts and who's going to be making the money and who you want to keep there, um, you know you'd have to think there'd be some line of communication with the current coach. So that's a nice thing for a new coach to have, that they're not beholden to that. They can say, well, look, I think that was a mistake. We should be picking this guy. But it doesn't seem to look see it that way, you know? Well, they're all, they're all from the old staff as well, so I'm sure they might have had some input. Yeah, but like you guys like Mike yeah. Cat, who's not, yeah. you know? Um, John Fogarty, you know, look, I don't know what impact, you don't know what impact yeah. the scrum coach has on, on kind of selection, but you'd have to think to have some input. And um, yeah, like it's just it just seems a bit odd to me. Like, look, they could turn this thing around this week. Wales had never travelled that well, and the feeling could be way more positive than it was the weekend. My gut feeling at the game was that it was a get out of jail. Uh, Stuart Hogg, like he just has to put that one down. And we're talking about like, I think that the rhetoric would be even more damaging. I think there everyone was delighted to get away, to get out of the Aviv on the weekend with a win. I thought we scraped through it. I thought Scotland had an absolute disaster. Like they they went to penalties. They they gave away. made missed opportunities. You know, um, and I was—I think off the back of that, uh, my concern is that they see the game completely differently to what I saw, and that's not to say—and sorry, when I say what I saw, I think it's what a lot of other people saw as well. Mm. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, we're we're not—we don't have access to all the stats and the game plan and really know what's going on behind the scenes. But we're all watching rugby a very long time, and you can kind of see, you know, when a team is playing well, when they're not playing well. Um, and I, that was kind of concerning, maybe the the rhetoric around you know how a, they reacted to the game, or, yeah. and you look at the team selection now, and it looks very familiar. Um, and they haven't played well in, in a while. It's a long time since an Irish team has really played very well. You think because you know they played well against Scotland, but Scotland were terrible in the World Cup. But that's the last performance I was thinking. Geez, that was a good Irish performance. But really, when you look back at it, you're kind of saying, geez, I don't know. I think Scotland might have just been terrible, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit concerning. Will like we, we look, we have to give them time, and that's you'll always get that as a new coach. Um, but I think people would like to see some kind of change and something. I know myself looking at the game and thinking, well, like, what's changed? Like we, I'd like to see something like a kick, a new kicking strategy, or um, you know, new uh, forward interplay, or it's just something a little bit different. But it looks very familiar. Well, to when me. you've been coached by someone like Joe Schmidt for so long, who's so detailed and re- and regimented, and then if some you know you have a new staff in with new ideas, does it take a while to be like deprogrammed from that when you're when you are getting so much detail? It could be, but even this, but like when you when you think about it, like Andy Farrell, like Joe is very pragmatic, and he's always going to have stats to back up what he's talking about. So it's very hard to argue with him uh, when it comes down to a game plan and. Let's face it; like he's one of the best coaches ever. I think in the game, he's unbel- like he's been successful everywhere he's gone. So, but just in terms of changing to a new style. I, sorry, I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm kind of getting to because I I think what I'm getting at is deprogramming the players. It might be a challenge, and some of them have been around a long time under Joe. Mm. You know, with Leinster and Ireland, that could be a challenge. But there might be a case where we have to deprogram the head coach. <laughs> you know, yeah, could be a case of that, and maybe it also he could spent be a, too much time with Joe as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It could be a case of that. Uh, you know, Simon Easterby's been in there a long time as well with Joe. Um, I'm sure he like he's a you know very smart guy, excellent coach. You know, good good stint with the Scarlets as well. Has his own ideas. Um, you just wonder how much they're actually going to change, or how much scope they have to change, given they're probably been heavily influenced by the guy. Um, and look, what we also have to say is. Not everything was wrong with what Joe did as well. We had, like he's come unstuck at two big tournaments, but one of them was unlucky. The last one you'd have to say there was a bit of a dip in form, but coming from one of the, our best seasons ever. So, you know, look, 
what that tells me is they probably have to build and change a few small things, not yeah. everything. In your experience, just on the on the coaching thing, because I think that's an interesting point. Like when you, if you look back to setups you were involved in, where you know there was uh, kind of maybe a, a coach who had been there under two different head coaches or what have you. Like, did you feel did you feel in your experience across your career that coaches do change their personality or change their style? When, you know, in different setups, like you know, for someone like Les Kiss, who was in an Irish management team across a lot of you know Declan Kidney and yeah. Josh Schmidt, like, did you feel that he had like new ideas under a new head coach, or was he just the same kind of coach? Kissy, he was always great for that. He was a real innovator. He was always trying something new. Always trying to like he's a, he's one of those people who's always kind of. I, I just loved working with him. I thought Les was brilliant because he was he had the ability to be very introspective about his own contributions. Um, and I always thought he was trying to change and get an edge. Uh, and I think Joe was very similar to that as well. I think he probably had a bedrock of things that I'd probably still subscribe to. And I don't, I'm not surprised to see there's there there wasn't... I, I, my concern to answer that one directly is that I think I didn't see any evidence of even sm like lots of small changes yeah. or anything consistent in terms of small changes. Now, maybe the game was kind of erratic and they didn't get to show or really have a big imprint. I didn't see lo even small changes or consistent small changes in the game plan. It just looked very familiar. And I think it is hard to deprogram yourself from having been in, with such an impressive guy who probably had a big impact on your coaching thoughts and how you think about the game and, and all the different facets of it. He would have had a big impact on that. So... Uh, I think where I saw change in different coaches probably was around when when you get a new head coach who's come completely from outside. So like say, check it to Joe. But where you get change from that afterwards is probably the people you bring in around you. So if you look at say Leo Cullen, who would have worked with Joe closely, probably would have been heavily impacted by him or Matt O'Connor. He brought in Stuart Lancaster, who completely changed it. So maybe like I would have thought someone like Mike Cat, it's perhaps. Mike Cat role, yeah. That's where I think you probably yeah. get the real drive for new yeah. ideas and growth. Um, and I just hope he gets the time, or he will get the time. But I hope he gets it, he, he has the confidence of um, Andy Farrell to go and the confidence in himself to go on and, and imprint a new style of play or a new yeah. a few new ideas well, into the game because it needs it. Well, will it needs 100%, it? Hundred percent. And in the build of us is a funny thing. That's why it was quite disappointing. Was that the talk and the build-up had been about the new things that they were doing in training or the new ways they were talking about the game or thinking about the game. And that's why when you when, when the performance, albeit a winning one, was still fairly samey-samey, I think people were a bit disappointed. Yeah, and look, we have to... Look, we always temper the first game in the championship with, you know, the the fact... I think it's a... I, well, sorry, a fact is a bit strong word, but it's, you know, I would think just by looking at games at the start of the championship, it's quite rare that you get off to a blistering start in an in, in in attacking sense consistently for 80 minutes. You might get a few flurries in a game, but generally speaking, it's, it's more difficult to get that part of your game, I think, and everyone aligned and working together and understanding what's expected in all the different roles in an attacking sense. It's just harder to organise that part because there's more nuances um, and just more to, to, to kind of more to absorb in a very short space of time. Like some of these people will have had 10 days together. Like that's not a lot of training time. From a defensive perspective, it's usually easier to get organized there. It doesn't change massively from province to province or even from country to country, you know, and there's not as much to learn defensively. Um, so that's always easier, I think, to get organized. That in your kicking game, your strategy. Um, and I suppose that was probably why I thought that was about probably more concerning part than the attack. I think I'll judge the attack a bit more throughout the as, as the championship evolves and we get kind of into the later rounds and see if they can have a big impact there. The kicking strategy was probably the more concerning part for me. I didn't see any change in that. I didn't see them trying anything new. I didn't see them varying it. I didn't see them making it challenging for people in the backfield or other teams to know what Ireland are going to do. It looked really stagnant and very samey. As soon as they got any kind of 
you know, and if they lost any kind of momentum, I just saw them just go to that box kick from Conor Murray. And I just think, I just, I, I, I don't know. Did, did, like, no, you watch the game. Yeah, the box kicking is just, like... I, and, and teams, I'm just, I'm just teams losing with the That's the thing. Teams are having it figured out, and like just, it was Scotland errors that when they got pay, it was like it was Scotland errors. Like there was guys up there competing for the ball on their own, and someone got like stuff you should be claiming they they lost. They, you know they had the guy, they had the runner perfectly blocked out. Um, bar that stupid penalty they gave away against Andrew Conway, but for the most part they had him blocked mm. out. So. You know, I didn't see any. I saw very little. I saw. I think I saw one really good grubber from a, from a, a winger down the line uh, throughout the whole game. I didn't see that that employed. I didn't see any kicking from fullback. Um, you know, getting the because like, I, and I thought there was lots of opportunities to do that. Now, some look they chose to run a few of them, but I didn't really see them breaking them down there. There was loads of really good opportunities to kick from those positions. Um, and Jordan Norman is actually a lovely kicker. The ball so is Stockdale. Um, so uh, look, they're kind of parts of the game. I'm thinking. I'd love to see some growth in that. You know, I'd love to see maybe a few chipping strategies, you know, where they say, well, look, we're going to do this or even more from Johnny Sexton um, because that looked very like they hadn't had, there wasn't much thought put into that and they hadn't changed anything. Like, I think the attack, I'll judge, as I said, later on in the competition, but they need to change it. I just didn't want to see something different. I'm sick of seeing the same thing. Yeah. I are just, you Are you sick of it? Like, I, like Oh, yeah, no. I just want to ask you because I think you're watching us way more probably rugby than me these days. No, big time like leaving the Aviv on Saturday was a bit deflating even though they, they won. I, and I, I agree with you. I like reading their reaction about how like confident they feel in the squad and how delighted they were with the victory. I was just like, this is a team that Ireland just they crushed in the World Cup even when they were playing poorly. They only really won this game because Hogg dropped a clanger over the line. I didn't really see any innovation it was more so when I saw once I saw the team selection I was a bit deflated I think John Cooney should have been in there we've talked about Cooney enough but like and I think I would like to have seen you know Kelleher a bit more you know obviously Doris getting injured or getting a concussion after five minutes was a real yeah. you know another deflating moment because he was one, he was one of the new phases who people were excited to see who it was could, a great turnover he got, could, yeah it was very yeah. good who could yeah. give you front football he goes after five minutes you know obviously very disappointing and now like Henshaw comes in Peter Manny comes in and the and the team looks identical, pretty much bar maybe Jordan Larmer fullback to the team that you know really kind of looked to be at the end of their sell by date by the end of that World Cup. So you know again I'm going into this weekend and I'm 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 not very excited about the I'm looking forward to the game, but in terms of what Ireland might bring, I'm I'm not I'm not that excited. Yeah, it's just a bit unconvincing, isn't it? Mm. Uh, I I always think these this would have been a great opportunity to bring in. You know, he's got a mandate to change, I think, to change a few things. But, you know, particularly given the recent performance of the team, you know, I think he'd probably buy himself more time to actually play bad, I think, if he actually made more changes. I think people would be saying, well, look, we're making a few changes here. It's inevitable that there's going to be, you know, a bit of unrest, a bit, you know, uh, you know, a few dodgy performances um, while they try and implement this new stuff. So that's the concerning part is that they haven't even tried that. So... Are they actually going to make big changes? That's is the there, thing. Are we, are we going to be Should we be confident? You know? Should we believe them that they're like, or are they just in this spot where, you know, they're pushing out the same message? You know, O'Shea Khan has them out saying the same things <laughs> week in, week out. You got your five sh- things on your sheet that you're that you're saying, repeat, repeat, repeat. The only thing I saw that I that I saw that was unusual was putting John Cooney out with Conor Murray at the press conference. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was, was absolutely yeah. hilarious. In fairness, yeah. what did you make of that? By the way, as a, I don't know. Yeah, was, was there any talk about it upstairs? I don't, not really. I think people just thought it was. I haven't been talking to Rory or Keane about it. But I just I just thought it was. He <laughs> said it wasn't usual. It was funny. It was one of those. To be fair, they did it during the World Cup when they brought like Reese Roddick and Kieran Roddick out together. Just something fresh and new. Obviously, they're not like kind of rivals for a position. Yeah, brothers. I thought it was really weird. It, it was strange. 
But I enjoyed it at the same time. Sorry, I did yeah. as well, but I can't imagine for the lads. Like at, this, at the same time, you know, you want people to be comfortable the week of a big game. Like yeah. that's something where people are gonna be like, "Oh, that was really awkward." Like, yeah. why is that? Why is that happened? Why do we have to? Why am I? You know, I don't know. I, just, I thought it was a big risk because people could say something. On, you know, look, maybe the maybe the thinking was almost like a bluff where you're saying, "Well, if you put them in together, like." John can't really say it, and if, like, probably there's a really good chance John's not going to say it if Connor's right next to him. Like both players yeah. obviously feel like they should be starting. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless they're, like unless they're unless one of them's a complete loser, they think and in that case if they think they shouldn't be starting, then they shouldn't be there. Mm. So like uh, you're never going to get those answers when the person's sitting right next to you. They're going to be. I don't know. Maybe that was the thinking. I maybe maybe they were going to say. I just thought they, they were trying picture? to take some of the the heat out of the, the Murray Cooney. I will put them together to show that they're you know they're actually getting on. But well. they're always going to get on. Like sorry, yeah. people always have like I never. It's very rare. Experience. Now sorry, there were some people who just didn't get on. I think maybe personality clashes. But leaving that aside, it's very rare. I actually saw people who were competing for positions actually not get on. You know, because if you're in an environment, it's like. I, you know, people, yes, they might think the coach prefers that person or they might, you know, but generally speaking, people are going to try and do what they can to try and influence selection, you know, whether that's being a bit of a teacher's pet or, but more often than not, they're going to just try and, they're just, everyone's just trying their best to get in the team. So everyone goes in knowing that about the other person. And if you're not thinking that, you know, you're pretty delusional, I think. And also everyone thinking that they're better and should be getting selected. So it's kind of a bit of a weird one, um, I, I thought. And I thought it was kind of, it was very uncomfortable, I'm, I'd imagine, for both players, particularly given Connor. I'm sure is very experienced um, in those scenarios. But I'm sure, like John, hasn't been in that scenario where you're in an international press conference and there's way more people than normal. You're trying. You, he obviously feels, and all the all the talk is about him playing. He's definitely he's a guy who reads all the stuff. You can tell that he reads all the stuff <laughs> about himself. Um, so he's very aware of the kind of sentiment around it at the moment. I just thought it was a really weird thing to do, to put them both out. And maybe as I said, it's kind of a bluff where you're going to say, well, if we put them out together. The, all the stuff is going to be very friendly and respectful. Someone's not going to have a slip up, and it's not going to be a talking point this week. But <laughs> the maybe I'm being very cynical about that. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was a bit of a weird one, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like it did make it was it was sorry. I get it was funny, but I just, it was unusual. Yeah, well, it was definitely unusual. Maybe just to, to move on to France England as well. Like that was probably the game of the weekend. Yeah, well, um, okay. Yeah, like are France back officially? Can we officially say that France are back? No, no, we can't. Um, they actually won their first game in 2014 against England and then beat Italy like they have Italy this weekend. Won that as well and then really fizzled out. So it has happened before, but the difference this time, I think, is the team that won in 2014 was kind of the team they had had for a couple of years, whereas this is like a lot of new blood and it does seem to be a bit more exciting this time. I Look, I think the, the, we'll watch them when they're away from home. Mm. and we make. I think Wales we, in week three. I think we make a call. We'll make a call on them then. Um, if they put up a good fight in in uh, in the millennium, which is a real test, uh, let's yeah. Well, I think you, you could definitely say there's they might have, they might be onto something. If that's the, if that happens, if it doesn't happen, if they if they you know if there's loads of penalties, if there's really you know loads of kind of ill discipline in defence, if there's lots of you if, know if they keep having an interview on Monday with like you know one of the main players calling the coaches a bunch of Egypt, which is you know usually pretty commonplace, yeah. yeah. Um, and probably given the selections and all this kind of stuff and the weird, like you just hope they get some kind of consistency. Like that's what you need from the like they get it wrong very rare, like fair, like quite a lot. Sorry, in the professional era particularly, I just haven't seen them have any like. Every other team seems to have some kind of consistency across their thinking, across their selections, and what they're trying to do in the team, what they feel the team's strengths are. Jeez, I just can't see. Uh, 
Well, yeah. it feels like this time, with like after getting that the World Cup for twenty twenty three, there just seemed to be a concerted effort to move things more in line with some of the other good rugby programs. You yeah. know, in, in terms of access to players, you know, in advance of the Six Nations, like traditionally they would have the guys would have had to on their rest weeks play for Claremont and Toulouse, and you know, and Stad, which is which is crazy. Now they don't have to do that. They, they do seem to be getting. More, you know, more in line with maybe the Irish model in terms of the player preparation, yeah. which you know can only be a good thing. Yeah, I had a good chat with Bernard Jackman about that um, a while ago, and he said there was a big meeting I think after last year's Six Nations, and um, yeah, like kind of a crisis one, you know, and people were kind of saying like, what's you know, what do we do? like? And he said, look, it was very French in that there was a you know a <laughs> difficult enough morning, not much like lots of discussion, lots of points, but. He said one of the things that did come out of it was the day, like, and I think he probably had a big impact on that, is the thinking around the kind of data analytics and how they're gathering that and how they're managing the player loads, you know, and the information that they get from the clubs. You know, it sounds like there's going to be a big push to try and um, standardise that and get the information into the FFR correctly and, you know, so they can manage the players better. Because at the end of the day, if the information isn't coming in from the clubs or is inconsistent from the players, they don't know how much, my, you know, how many, you know, kilometres the players have run that week, how much weights they've done over a period. They get completely mismanaged when they go in there. So I would have thought the clubs, would, it would be in their interest. The point Bernard Jack was saying that the quality from some clubs is way better than the others. Mm. And you might get that with that system. That might just be they mightn't have access to whatever the this stuff. But it sounds like they were saying, right, we need a wholesale change, or we need to manage these assets better. And particularly if you look from the club perspective, they're going into French training, getting injured because they don't know how like how much hard work they've done over the ten weeks before they've got into camp. It's crazy. Like so, I think they're going to be a push to get all that stuff right. And someone like Sean Edwards has a massive chance to make a huge impact there. I mean, the resources that they have in France. They're second to none. Like, they really aren't. And I think, you know, when you look at all the talent that was on show on the weekend, there's no reason why... Did you think Sean Edwards had an impact, you know, straight I thought definitely had an impact. You know, um, like, some magic from from Johnny May. Like, what? Like, that guy, he was... I always just had him down as just a sprinter. You know, in his early Gloucester days, you're kind of thinking, "Ah, he'll be one of those guys who his, his positioning will always be terrible. You know, you get caught in the turn a bit. He'll go for intercepts all day. You'll paint like in a really good player, a really good centre partnership or a good winger will always own him. He has turned into an absolute Rolls Royce to me. Like, I just think, you know, he's so skillful now. You know, he's always seems to be in the right place to take advantage of that speed um, that, that he has. There's a good relationship there with Farrell and, and, and Ford. Like, he just looks to me like a real player now. And um, he's tough as well. He gets stuck in. I like I, I, I like everything about Teddy Johnny. Teddy made it pretty easy for him, though, I thought, for the second try. Like, Tomat's never been renowned for his defensive abilities either. He probably falls in line with... Uh, my pre- I suppose my previous view around Johnny May, but at the same time, I still thought it was magic. Yeah. You know, the, you had to have that pace, like he looked quick. I thought, like against that, like look, you know, against a guy who was extremely quick, he made mm. him look fairly average. I thought, um, so I thought he was excellent. I mean, what I mean, did you what? Like I thought they were brilliant. Who France? No, th- yeah. Well, sorry, I thought uh, uh, the May tries were brilliant. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Like, ah, the, the second one, like Teddy Tamar, I think his like tackle statistics was like made one miss two you know everyone was lauding like fr- the French defence and he barely made a tackle all game but, but you're not going to have sorry that's usually a sign of a good defence your winger doesn't have to make tackles well when May just like running by him and he's just like watching him <laughs> run by him like I don't know in fairness Sean whenever it's defence very difficult if they get to those positions being a winger is a nightmare yeah. absolute nightmare yeah yeah, it is. yeah I, I just thought his defence it was poor although the tr- it was one of the great tries you know, one of the great Six Nations tries that Johnny May was. I think it was. It was definitely, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, it was. But from a French perspective, how impressed were you with their overall performance? Like, I know they did tail off in the second half, but in terms of looking ahead to the rest of the Six Nations, like, 
Ian Madigan was very interested on this, wasn't he? He was really bullish on the yeah. French. Um, and it looks like for good reason. Um, you know, again, uh, to kind of, you know, similar to what we were, when we were talking about Ireland, um, it's the first game of the championship. Like, we have to catch ourselves a little bit. Like, they did look a little bit vulnerable, I thought, when England were coming back. Um, but they hung in there. The fight was good. You'd expect that in Stade de France, but, you know, can they reproduce that in, say, the Millennium in a few weeks' time? Yeah. That's, that'll be the real challenge for this team. And I don't think there's ever been any doubt about the ch the, the, the quality of the players um, in France. Um, what I did like to see was that there was a little bit of coherence about it. They were on the same page. Everyone was, you know, Galtier seems to have everyone on, you know, going the same direction, which seems to be the, one of the biggest challenges. The next big challenge is can they get, you know, a good game plan? Can they get some consistency around selection? So these are all things we'll watch as the championship goes on. And that's, to me, the real challenge for the French team is can they do those things? Like every other team builds off that foundation. France can't be the only team in the world that does these things differently um, and expects a different result. What did you think of Anthony Boutier's outrageous tactical kick from his own line? <laughs> I think it was the greatest tactical kick I've ever seen. I couldn't, could you call that a tactical kick? It I just looked know. like an absolute hoof and it was know. just perfect connection. Yeah, look, it was a bit, like it was an absolute monster. I like, think it was it, the greatest kick I've ever seen. <laughs> the I'm not, kick even, I've I'm ever not seen. even being funny. No, I think. Francois Stein, I think, has to get one of those. Uh, that drop kick, do you remember the drop kick from his own 10? No, but I mean, like in terms of a kick for a touch, like, for a kick for a touch. Like that was his own, from his own line to like, what, the five? It was an absolute monster. In terms of relief, yeah, it was yeah. an absolute cracker, yeah. And he pinged it. It was nice to see a torp as well. Like, no one, I haven't seen anyone torpedo a ball in quite a while. Like, it was an absolute boomer, wasn't it? Mm. And what, what about England? Like, they were, they were so poor. Yeah, I know, you know, they... they pick Farrell a 10, please. Yeah. Will you pick... But he was very poor himself. He's not a 12. Ah, but like, the, the, his performance, like, he was he dropped two balls. At, that's He's a, not a 12. But if he was playing, would, that, would, would he have caught those two if he was playing? Probably wouldn't well. have been in those positions. It, com it completely changes dynamic. He's probably touched the ball, uh, maybe, I, I'm going to say, you know, 100% more. I'd say double his, double his, his, his amount of touches if he'd been playing at 10. Mm. He's a better defender than Ford. Um, he is arguably, I think, a better tactical kicker than Ford, I think. And um, I think there's, you know, I just love the way he runs the game. I think it's crazy to have him play. And he, he actually isn't a good defender at 12. He's an excellent defender at 10. Mm. When you compare, you know, uh, and contrast what you have. Look, so, yeah, like, I think, did they say as well, Tulagi had a groin injury yeah. as well. So, interesting if he like, comes back, like, missing, it can change so quickly. Tulagi and the two Vinopolis, it shows how different England are without them. If you look back to that Six Nations they had where they were, uh, you know, very poor as well. Like, similarly, you know, Tulagi wasn't there for that. You know, two years ago when Ireland won the Grand Slam, they were missing yeah. some of their key, you know, big bulky ball carriers there. They're, they're, they're ma massive difference makers for They England. are huge. They're great players. Like All three of those players are world-class. So they're obviously going to... They, they'll make a big impact on any team. Mm. And there is going to be a drop-off of whatever, whoever you decide to, to bring in. So, yeah, like it's a challenge for them, isn't it? I think, I think the selection... Uh, I think Ford having that unbelievable game with Farrell at 12 in the World Cup... It's like one of the worst things that could have happened to them because it's not the right, it's not the right team selection. And I feel bad saying it because... Like, Ford is a cracker of a player. Like, he really is a lovely, lovely footballer. But he's just not... He, Farrell's better. And he's a better place kicker as well. So, um, I just don't get it. And, like, Eddie Jones as well, his, like, his number eight decision, like, to go with Tom Curry, a guy who was emerging as one of the great, you know, six set or sevens. And Bizarre. Now, and now look forcing at how good Don Brands, Don Brands playing on Outrageous. Don Brands been outrageous for Quins. Unbelievable Quins, yeah. And I, I don't know why you do that. Like, what... what 
Why? <laughs> I don't know what they see in the uh, like uh, when you when you see these weird selections and people playing in positions where they're not normally playing. I just don't get it. Like I think if you're really stuck for numbers, if there's an injury crisis, it makes sense. But if they're not, I don't. Get, I really like playing week in week out in a position. Really gives you the upper hand on people who aren't. All your habits, all of all the positions you end up around the pitch, they're all quite similar when you go up to levels. Even now, it happens at a quicker pace. Um, but that's why, sorry, I'm happy to see, like, you know, at least CJ Standard this week is back playing eight. Um, but, like, playing him six last week was really, I just thought it was bizarre. I didn't, I don't get it. I he played he, at six a good bit for Ireland before he slipped, like, that. It doesn't matter, he's not, like, uh, to me, he's not a six. Not a six. Um, not dynamic enough to, to play, like, at the moment, to, to be in the team, I don't. I, I, I don't think. I know he got man of the match, but I just thought that was because everyone played crap, um, to be honest with you, and it was really hard to distinguish who was actually good. Stuart Hogg probably should have got it if he'd touched the ball down. It was a draw. Um, other than that, I didn't really see any other standout players or performances. Um, I thought James Ryan had a very good game, a few great tackles, um, a few good line-out steals. Um, but other than that, like I thought he had a better game than Standard, to be honest with you. I thought Josh van der Fleer had some good touches as well. Um, shame to see Kilcoyne going off. But like just, I don't know, I just feel like it's weird picking guys like that. Like even to go back to England, I don't get why you pick these guys out of position. Like you've got Reese Ruddock who's playing unbelievable there. Um, or Peter, Peter Romani's actually come into some form for Munster in the last couple of weeks. It was an odd selection to me. Um, and I think the Curry one is an odd selection from a guy who's, I don't think selecting teams is his real strength. I think he's a real galvanizer of men. Um, I think he's really good at stirring the pot. I think he's a good ideas guy. I think he creates a really good environment for people to flourish. He makes very odd selections. Very odd selections. Like and some the, of them have worked, but some, yeah, of, them some of them are not. Even like his, his, his scrum, the way he's managed scrum half, like, you know, parachuting Willie Hines in at the World Cup, who's now Bizarre the backup. Bizarre selection, And Ben Young isn't it? playing like, great. Crazy. And now they don't really have an alternative anymore. Now, you know, Ben Spencer's been really good for Sarsons. He's not involved in the 23. But he hasn't even played, yeah. Yeah, it's just... Isn't it weird? Uh, yeah, sorry, I, thought, like, I think it's my... When I look at him, and I always thought Joe Schmidt was a bit like that as well, but probably just on the real... It's just uber cons conservative. Yeah. Whereas Eddie's not conservative, just, but he makes the weird... Opposite. It's yeah, just like he just makes weird selections. Odd, weird, like, playing guys out of position or, or putting guys... In. I remember, he, you know, in South Africa that summer where, where they lost that test series, like, he put Mike Brown to the wing, a place he hadn't really played in international rugby and either. Very, the defending on the wing yeah. is really difficult, and it's a really odd position for someone like a fullback who has that kind of freedom to roam, and basically you're just... It becomes really clear where you should be defensively. Wing is not that easy to pick for your tackle. <laughs> and stuff like that so and there was like a headline that he wants to move Ben Curry Tom Curry's brother to I think was it scrum half as, as well like, like it's, it's weird yeah like it's just it's, it's you get some of these coaches who have a real eye for something like that like a weird selection that works out but I think in the modern game like it's so it's becoming more specialised it's becoming more like NFL where like you move someone like a tiny bit out of position you're like oh he's not good at that he can't do that yeah. or like kind of rugby league is quite similar to that I always remember Ben Teo telling me about playing, you know, you're, you're either right centre or left centre and basically you can step off your right foot or you can pass off your left hand if you're a right centre. You have a, you know, you have a left-handed vent. It, com it becomes that specific um, <laughs> by position. Rugby's kind of heading that way. Like you've got really specialised people playing a role that they're playing all the time. Having familiarity with the role is really important to mm -hmm. delivering a good performance. And, you know, with the recognition that I think in every coach and every team that wants to be great, I think nowadays... They want to have, they're, they're all about training and good habits, all that 10,000 hour rule. That definitely applies to changing positions, you know. All, everything you do in the game, the more you practice it, the better you're going to be. Yeah. No, uh, I would think. Definitely some bizarre selections. Just before we finish up, we might get some predictions. But also, there is one positive to take 
from Ireland Scotland, and that is Ireland have won their first trophy under Andy Farrell, the centenary qua. Which is pronounced? I think it's pronounced qua. <laughs> it's uh, it's awarded to the winner of Ireland versus Scotland every year in the Six Nations. So Ireland have won their third centenary qua in a row. It's a shallow two hundred drinking cup, famous in Scotland. Oh. So congratulations, to Andy Farrell and the Irish. But maybe that's why they were so happy. Uh, yeah, they yeah. Secured the centenary qua. Perhaps, yeah. The, I actually didn't realise this was uh, Ireland, this was on offer. Ireland uh, and England uh, go head to head for the Millennium Cup. The Millennium Cup. So does I never knew any of these yeah. sort of cups existed, yeah. Uh, France and Italy uh, go tête-à-tête for the Giuseppe Garibaldi trophy. <laughs> Good man, and Giuseppe. There's one, or, yeah. there's one or two other ones like <laughs> their names escape me. Think yeah. about the Calcutta Cup, obviously. The Calcutta, sorry. We all know the Calcutta which is Cup. Which up, up yeah, for grabs yeah. this weekend. So we'll finish off with them predictions for the weekend, obviously. I won't even ask France, Italy. That's kind of a given. Yeah, how much? Yeah. Cricket score. And then a really interesting Saturday, though. We have Ireland-Wales uh, in the early kickoff and then uh, Scotland-England in Murrayfield. Maybe get your prediction for that one first. You know, that's not a gimme for England. They're going in in poor form with some selection uh, questions. I know Scotland... Oh, you're going to have to... I'm after... Where are they playing? It's in uh, Murrayfield. Murrayfield, okay. Yeah. Um, well, then it'll be, you'd expect it to be tight. Yeah. I would expect that one to be tied. I think it could be 10 points in that one, even though England... But you don't think Scotland can win that game? Uh, oh, I do think they can win at Murrayfield, you know, but I think they won't. Uh, I think England will do the do the business there. I think they'll just have the edge. Um, and Ireland you know, Wales. Oh, sorry? Uh, yeah, so I was just... Well, like, I think Scotland... Had, there was a few challenges. Like, I think Adam Hastings, I thought, was, was had some lovely touches. I thought he ran the game quite well for them, but... Um, he, I think he will get better, but I thought his kicking was a bit erratic. I thought he made a few bad decisions and a few... You know, things that kind of let Ireland off the hook a little bit at times... Uh, down to inexperience I mean it was his first Six Nations start so he's um, we can excuse him of that I think and he could get better but I think there'll be still a bit of a gulf between him and Finn Russell and I think Scotland's discipline it's just going to cost them big games Um, I think they could make it tight and interesting over there but um, and I think that you know the tightness of the score I think would probably be down to the England guys that are missing the personnel that they have missing rather than them playing poorly I just think Mm -hmm. those guys make a big impact to their team I think uh, Ireland and Wales. Um, Are you nervous? I am a bit. I think like I think I, I do expect us to get better. I just think naturally second game you'd expect us to get better, more familiar with the combinations and the game plan, etc. But a few things maybe that would worry me were possibly, you know, I didn't see enough change. I think Wales have a, have have kind of got us. You know, they have us a little bit figured out. I know there's new coaching staff there as well, but. They know us very well. Um, they seem to come together very well. If they can tap into whatever Warren Gatland had, um, that he was able to tap into. I, I will say one thing: they don't necessarily travel very well all, all, all the time. I think the Aviva has been a tough place for them to go to get results. That might be the the, the, the key differentiator. I could see it being tight again. I don't see it being a, a blowout for Ireland, even though, um, even though I think Ireland probably should win it and. Both teams, like, like I know Wales are good, but like it's so hard to like, how do you judge, you know, based on an Italian win, like forty points? Yeah, like, yeah. But they're coming in just in generally in good form. You know, they won the Grand Slam last year. They had a good World Cup. Yeah. You know, they you know they've gotten back Toby Falato or Talupe Falato into the back row. You know, Josh Adams looks to be in really good, really form. good form. And he took yeah. in from the World Cup as well. Like Johnny McNichol made his debut. Nick Tompkins looked sharp off the bench. You know, yeah. they need, as a centre option because Jonathan Davies is injured. So I think they're. I think they're, they miss Johnny Davies when he's not there in the big ah, games. Definitely, um, but they're, they're in a good place. No, they are in a good place. They definitely are. Like they're in a better place in Ireland. But again, as I said, it's hard to figure out how good they are. Like, and there is a big gap between the World Cup and now. 
um, in terms of figuring out if that form actually carries over. I don't see any, like, I mean, you look at England on the weekend, I'm not sure that carries over. You look at the France game, does that carry over? I don't know. Italy, it makes it hard to judge and, and really see where, where they're at. It can be a nice, it can be a nicer introduction. You get to play more your game plan or, or wherever. I still rather play them at the end of the competition when they're depleted in numbers and if you need a big score, a big point score to, to get over the line. Um, but they look, they look, they look decent. Um, and definitely played better than Ireland did last week. Um, so look, that's and that's probably what I'm basing the yeah. tightness on. Well, I think we'll have enough to beat them, but um, I, I see it being a challenge. I see it being a difficult and, and very combative game. I think yeah. Ireland. We talked about possibly the lack of another distributor outside uh, Johnny and uh, Connor, and the impact that'll have around being easier to defend. Defend Ireland unless their kicking game is very different, or unless they can expose positional uh, kind of mismatches or someone you know. If someone's sleeping on the job uh, in the Welsh defence, I think it'll make it hard to to, to break Wales down because you know if happening is there, they'll be hard to. I think they'll be hard to break down there. You know. So a narrow Ireland win is your. I prediction. think a narrow Ireland win, yeah, and I think it could be another disappointing one. So. Oh gosh. Um, we're well, bracing, yeah, we're well, I don't know. Like, I mean, these, it's so hard to predict these yeah. things. There's so much. Like, like, what's your what's your take? And what? Yeah, you, well, I'm 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 intrigued to see if there's any you know. And anything new we see again this week, like I, it is a work in progress. Like they haven't, they've only had two weeks together. Yeah, exactly. So, Sorry, I agree with that. Um, but if it, if they kind of go out and it's a similar performance, and they, you know, if they win narrowly, I guess it's a better result than beating a Scotland team who hadn't much form. But if they if they, if they were to lose, and if they were to play similarly to last weekend, already there's a lot of pressure on the yeah. new coaching staff. Yeah, there is, and like I think as well, Ireland might feel the impact of a few of those injuries. I think. Kilcoyne was brilliant as like you know coming in for 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 Keane Healy, um you know and they'll have is Jack McGrain or he's kind of on standby. Dave Kilcoyne is named, but ah that looked like a bad yeah. hit. I'm not sure he'll be in, but um yeah. Well, look, we wait and see on that one. The doctors know better than us, but um that could have a big you know like the, it, I think Dave Kilcoyne has been really pushing Keane Healy, which is saying a lot because Keane's been playing brilliantly for a very long time now. Um, I think Ty Furlong could be a big loss. It's in that calf. I don't see a calf, you know, working itself out that quickly over the course of a week. And well, he was kind of carried well, off again, the pitch. Again, he's been named. It's just like... It's yeah, but as in, yeah. I think that'll have an impact on his performance, yeah, you know, yeah. like whether he actually gets back to playing really well with that. Sorry, I, mean, I didn't... I wasn't concise enough on that, but... Um, that could have an impact. Now, Porter's been very good whenever he's come on. Like, I think he's had a big impact. So there's not as big a drop-off in that area. But, um, you know, if it was a calf, like, that's pretty tricky. Especially scrummaging, you know, you're in a fairly awkward yeah. position. So uh, we wait and see what the impact of those things are. And look, I think, you know, Stander and, and, and O'Mahony have come in for a bit of criticism and they're due a big performance because they are great players. There's no doubt about that. They proved it for a very long time. They are excellent rugby players and they are, you know, seasoned internationals. So, um, you know, we could see a bit of a, a bounce back there. But I just think, will we have the oomph, you know, off the bench? Because I think you're going to need oomph off the bench against Wales. Yeah, well, that's one of the many questions we'll be interested to see answers over the weekend. But for the moment, Luke, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, Will. And that's all we have time for this week on the left wing. In association with Land Rover, we will be back next week to review all the Six Nations action. And in the meantime, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next week, thank you for listening and goodbye. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Land Rover. Whether you're headed to a match or a weekend away, there's plenty of space for your team and their gear in the new Discovery Sport.